Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Up to 90. Hello. Hello, Emma. Oh, how's the emotional hangover after the weekend? Well... Whenever I have a quiet moment, I do think of Adam. But oh, yeah, but Emma, do you know what? Honestly, I, I'm, not, I'm still not a hundred percent okay. I think Adam was just our breaking point. I, I say that on behalf of the up to ninety WhatsApp group. Yeah, we were all tough talk until Adam came along, and then everyone was just in complete bits. Up to ninety. Up to. 90 up to 90 with Emma and Julie. Oh, yeah. I know. And then, but you see, the other the other part of it as well, which I've been um, working through in my brain as well. So they've raised 6.4 million at the end of it. But Adam uh, had been on uh, prime time a while back because he couldn't get a wheelchair and his parents were trying to get him a wheelchair and I they were like doing their own fundraising and stuff like that. And it just feels like, obviously, it's fantastic to raise money for charity and worthy causes. But when it comes to like, you know, healthcare services and things like that, people really shouldn't have to be fundraising. The stuff should already be there. No. Well, I often think that, you know, the way that, I mean, obviously the children's hospitals have to fundraise all the time. So like my brother and I would have spent a lot of time in Our Ladies. So we would have always, you know, I think everyone has a charity that's close to their heart. So we would have always supported Our Ladies. But honestly, you do question, you're like, surely in any in any supposed progressive state, like you, we shouldn't have to be raising money for a children's hospital. The money should just be there. It should just be there. I don't I don't I don't understand that part of it, to be honest. No. And actually, even last year now, when I did, you know, the, the Temple Street gang who are just amazing, they have a gig in Vicker Street every year. And myself and a few of the others, we went to Temple Street just for a, just for, I suppose, a little bit of a tour. We met the porter, of course, who the lovely porter, John Doyle, who was on the show with Adam on Friday night. But again, you do question, you know, when 
you know, at the risk of repeating myself, but when they're pointing out the things that people have raised money for, like they're like, okay, that machine now, that was, that money was, you know, the money for that was raised purely through this gig last year. And they're yeah. like, this is completely fucked up. I mean, it's great, but also, as you say, it shouldn't have to be necessary. Yeah, well, I mean, especially, you know, a child getting a wheelchair. I mean, stop. What, what I didn't the fuck? know that. And so he was on prime time a while ago saying he couldn't get a wheelchair. Yeah, like his parents. Oh, God. They have, um, you know, they have uh, an Instagram page and stuff and they'd actually, uh, he has a book and everything. So, like, they've been working really hard to, you know, raise funds. You know, okay, obviously raise awareness and all that, but raise funds, raise, raise money so that they can give him the best chance possible. So like, because they had a clip of him, like he didn't have, they were waiting on a wheelchair and whatever, whatever. And now it wasn't that long ago. Like he was obviously a little bit younger, but his mom saying that, uh, you know, the kids in school calling him a baby because he's crawling around. Oh, Emma, stop. I don't think any of us are ready for this. No. And you see like, of course, kids at that age, you know what I mean? They're not. It's not that they're being. They don't understand. They don't understand. They're not. They're not being yeah. mean or whatever. But like, because even like Tommy would see a child in a buggy, and he would just say, he would say to me, "Oh, the baby. He's like mad into babies at the moment." But like that child could be like a fucking year younger than him, if even. Do you know what I mean? But he, if he sees certain things, he thinks, "Oh, baby, so cute." So it's just like, you know, just that side of it as well. You're just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, no, it is completely fucked up. It is really, well, I often think, and again, I know this is slightly, well, it is quite different, but even, you know, when people are having to raise money to get surgery in, it's always the States, isn't it? But when people are talking about having to raise a million euro, you do think to yourself, how messed up is that? That as as a doctor, as a medical team, you have the power to help a child, but you're saying we can only help you if you give us a million euro. I just find that so perverse as well. Yeah, I know. And I, and I know, I know the states is a different system. So you know, obviously, it's a lot of cost, from, you know, on their side, etc. And you know, it's just a, it's like. You know, it's it's like comparing apples and oranges. I was going to say it's like comparing apples and pears. <laughs> the, ba- the baby fog is real. I shouldn't have put up last week, Ted, with the milestone I set through the night because what happened there was just karma is a bitch, baby. The child hasn't slept since. I mean, so I was about to say it's like comparing apples and pears, which I think you'd agree. They're probably pretty similar as fruits go. I, I also the tweet I mean like sorry was there dry eye in the house over the weekend the tweet from NASA then um saying can't wait for him to join the team of dreamers my only issue with that tweet was they ended it with we'll be here when he's ready and I think we'd all agree Adam's ready <laughs> that Adam is good to go yeah just put him in charge of the control board. Like, listen, it's going to be grand. That's my only issue with NASA. Yeah, only issue. The boys stayed up to watch it, but they did. The, Tommy started to say, this is very long. He was like, is this over yet? And we were like, okay. oh, you can go to bed. But they're like, no, they stayed up until the end. 
But, um, well, once again, Tommy is the oracle speaking on all our collective behalves because I think we'd all agree. I think somebody said that in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. I don't recall it being that long. No, it gets longer every year. By the time Ted is like, you know, sitting up watching her having the chats, it'll be go, it'll be on till three in the morning. Oh, people yeah. will be it's taking a be week like off work. Yeah, it'll be like the US elections. Did you stay up or the Oscars? <laughs> I used to think it was only I'd say maybe in my early thirties I coughed that the Oscars did not actually start at eleven o'clock at night. It was just the time difference. I was like, why don't they start this earlier? This makes no sense whatsoever. I'd have um, no, I'd have absolutely no interest in watching that kind of shit now. I'd just be like, oh, I'll catch well, the highlights listen. tomorrow. In my defense, when I was a child, I used to be mad into the Oscars. This was before, you know, like things like feminism were invented. You know, essentially, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes total sense that every category is dominated by white males. So when I was younger as a child, in all my innocence, I did enjoy watching the Oscars. But I think when you reach a certain age, you are like the jig is up here. I just just don't care enough. I'll watch the little clips tomorrow, do you know what I mean? Ah, yeah. Well, I lo- we all like when they read out the wrong film and stuff like that. You know, we all ah, like yeah. those moments. But other than that, it's fairly boring. Now, I will say that I suppose I have tried to kind of jazz it up the last few years and deviate from this whole, like, white male narrative all the time. Actually, did you see the, on that point the Grammys for the first time ever, the rock category, best rock category, it's all female, which is pretty deadly. And as we learned from the toy show, rock is the best medicine. Oh, yeah. Who was into the rock again? Was that Annie was into, was our little rocker? No, it was the last fella, wasn't it? Oh, with Dermot Kennedy, Michael. No, no, no. It was after oh, that. Me. It was the fella who was doing... I was out. By the last fella, I was gone. No, the no, gin, this fella... The took over. I missed the last guy. No, he was saying that rock was the best medicine. And then they had The Edge. The Edge had done a video for him, but he thought that it was a live link. And he was oh, like trying to answer him oh, back. No, stop. Yeah. This is, like, this is like when I bought the ticket, you know, the really expensive tickets to the Bruce Springsteen album that, you know, the album was being shown live in Liffey Valley. And both myself and Fred. So the tickets, Emma, were like 25 squids each. And you know, when, you, when you've arranged to go to see the film, you're going to see the film. It doesn't matter how much the tickets are. I'll meet you at Lippy Valley at eight o'clock. What's on at 10 past eight? Only Bruce Springsteen. That's all we're going to see. But at, they included in it, they said it, a Q&A at the end. And both myself and Fred thought this was a live Q&A with Bruce Springsteen. So we're like, okay, I mean, this is, this is, this is warranted. But no, so was he trying to interact with the edge? He was, and I, I don't think he actually, I think he just went for it. Like, I don't think he twigged that it was recorded. Now, obviously, oh, I, no. I'm sure they recorded it because they just thought like, oh, you know, it'll be better quality and there won't be any delay or, you know, there won't be any issue around it. But, um, yeah, that happened. But, oh, and you know what? I just really feel for him because can you imagine how old was he roughly? About 10 or 11. Okay, so he's getting slagged this morning. That's the problem. 
Might be getting slagged, yeah, might be getting slagged. You see, I think, I don't know, personally speaking as a child, I don't think I would have been robust enough to go on the toy show and deal with the aftermath. Now, I know things are, have changed because, you know, there's obviously yeah. people are more aware of slagging and all that kind of crack. But honestly, can you imagine, Emma, when we were their age in the 90s and like, even the 80s, going back to school after you've been in the toy show? Like, you would have had to just change schools. Like, honestly, my mother would have had a new uniform at the ready come Monday. And she'd say, OK, we've given you a new identity. You're in the Garda Witness Protection Programme. This is your new life. <laughs> if anyone asks you, are, the, are you that girl from the Late Night Toy Show? I'm going to change your eye patch round to the other eye. And we'll make you wear a little wig for a while. And the answer is no. Shout out to Wirren, by the way, who also, it turns out, was a ginger with an eye patch. Holla! Um, that was my look that I was rocking back in the 80s and 90s. Like, uh, I was thinking back, you were obviously aware. I don't think I had any awareness. Like, So I moved to a new school in second class. And not only was I going into a new school, I'd already made my communion. So I was just kind oh, of. And that's a big bonding experience. The communion is when you really get to know people. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I suppose, hanging out, really. So when I think back to it now, did I ever tell you about the puppet show? I don't know if you did. Throw it out there and I'll see is it ringing any bells. So one day, one of the girls in the class, she brought in, she had these puppets. And I was like, I kind of start, you know, like, I don't know. I was going to say snuggling up to her. I wasn't trying to get into her. But I kind of start, you know, sizing up beside her. I'm like, we should totally put on a puppet show. So she brought in the puppets. Can I we did... just say, that is you all over. So you're saying to this girl, listen, you bring the ball and I'm going to roll it all the way down the hill. Okay, you bring the puppets and we're going to make this happen. Yeah, we're going to do a puppet show. So we did some sort of uh, puppet show, but there were, the, there were these puppets, you know, the puppets like Pinocchio style puppets that you have um, on the string. You're not like, you don't have your hand in the puppet. So we did a puppet show. Then there was another thing about uh, me and this other girl made up a song or something and we sang it in class as well at the top of the class. So there's all these little things I think back to that I was getting up to in primary school. And in my mind, until very recently, in my mind, I was like, oh, like it was kind of a talent show thing. Nobody else was getting up to do anything. I was doing these things and then I was going up to my teacher and saying, can we like, can we just get up here and do this because people need to see this? And then we do the show and nobody was bullying me. What the fuck was going on? I know. Well, look, sometimes, let's face it. I mean, I look back and a lot of my bullies' points at the time, like they were pretty justified. Yeah. I can't get over that. So not even a gentle slag, Emma. Everyone was supportive. No, not even, a, wow. not even a gentle slag. So I'm kind of starting to think, what the fuck is going on? And then at the same time, like when we're going, we're doing school plays and all the rest of it, I'm not getting any of the leads. So the teachers aren't even on board with this shit. They're not like, oh, this girl needs to be on stage. This is where she belongs. They're like, oh, God, let her up in front of the fucking classroom on Friday afternoon 
while I go for yeah, a fucking Tina, smoke or I was, something. I was gonna say the teacher was like, I just need ten minutes. Emma's like, take the I'll take the reins. <laughs> like I think I really needed to be stopped. Do you know what I mean? Like I look back at a lot of this stuff and I'm just like, what the hell was going on? Why Did wasn't I, anyone I, slagging me? Because yeah, it wasn't good. I, like it, it wasn't good. No, I mean, I totally, yeah, no, I can believe that because I do think primary school kids, is it ever good? Like, even with the Late Late Show, like, again, and I did say this in a little video I threw up on um on Friday, but it is, there is an element of, you know, the Billy Barrys, the kids from the South Side singing Hard Lock Life. Like, does anyone want to hear it? It's no. just, honestly, it's, but I'm saying that, the problem with the Late Late Show, and I think in general, when it comes to school talent shows or anything else, you know, it's all a bit of crack when they're bad. But when you do, when there is that rare flower growing out of the pot of dirt, like somebody who has actual talent, we're just like, fuck you. It, we can't handle it. Like, there's no, you know, the likes of Taylor Swift and stuff, you're like, no. I mean, is it any wonder she was homeschooled from a young age? Oh. For her own protection, once you get a whiff of talent off your child, it's time to remove them from the education system immediately. Well, my parents weren't getting that that whiff. I know. Well, my parents definitely weren't getting the whiff. I mean, look, I'd say now, somebody asked my parents when I was a primary school child, um, what's Julie's talent? They'd say reading. I mean, it definitely wouldn't have been anything to do with the stage whatsoever. And were you, come here, when you know, when you were in school, were you, like, showing off any of the talent or what way were you uh, oh, no, going about your life? Oh, no, there was talent. I used to do this thing as a child where I would draw caricatures of um, various politicians. I think I've talked about this before. What? So I'd come in with a caricature of, like, Albert Reynolds or... Um, you know, maybe Bertie Ahern. Well, I don't know, was he around? He was probably an opposition person in the early 90s. Pat Rabbit was another one. So I'd come in with these kind of obscure Irish politicians that I would have drawn character, characters of. So I would show them to my parents over the weekend and they they would maybe demonstrate a passing interest in them. And I would use this as a justification to bring them in and share them with the blue table. Be like, listen, I don't know about you guys, what you got up to over the weekend. Oh, Greg, you went to Christmas on ice? Well, hang on, I can beat that. Look what I did and produce my hand-drawn character of Mary Robinson. What? I know. I just it was so dark, Emma. Honestly, such a dark period in my life. What was going on there? I know what well, I suppose maybe it was me kind of saying to the world, hey, I want to do comedy, but it was just being trans it was just being translated in the wrong way. Jeez, I mean, I thought I was bad at my fucking puppet show. <laughs> uh, well, like, everyone loves a puppet. And, of course, I mean, this was, I, I guess, when you would have been kind of, you know, looking to, I suppose, ride the coattails of your puppety, puppetry friend. I guess with spitting image and all the rest, like, puppet, back in the days, like, I mean, there was nothing wrong with an old puppet. Like, people might scoff now, but puppets were pretty cutting edge back then. Yeah, maybe, but they weren't spitting image puppets. They were like, oh, no. kind of fucking Finger strange. Puppets. Yeah. There oh, well, we gave it a whirl. Of course. Look, Big shout out to Louise O'Dowd, the puppet, the puppeteer. Uh, 
Well, also big shout out to Greg who put me back in my box and said nobody gives a shit about your characters. And you know what, Greg? You were right. That was my first trolling experience. And then he proceeded to break my butterfly ruler, which was very distressing because everyone knows how little girls feel about their butterflies. Who doesn't who doesn't empathize with that whole transition from caterpillar to butterfly? I mean, gets me every time. So yeah, but look. What I'm saying is say no to caricatures. Yeah. They're not going to win you any friends, to be honest. No, and I've never gotten one either. And you know, actually, last point about the toy show. Uh, now, it was the first time I'd hit the gin um, since the arrival of Ted. It hit me pretty hard, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think we all sensed that. Yeah, go oh, on my her. God. I ha- still haven't. Ch- I checked back in briefly into the WhatsApp group the next day. But it's definitely a thing of, fuck, like, I don't want to see my scent items. Do you know that kind of way? You're just like, I'm staying away from the phone for a couple of days. Um, I know I was almost embarrassed coming back into the group. <laughs> it is. You were talking about, like, you hoping Fred's going to come back with, like, the big bottle of gin and all this. And I was just like, she's got some. Who, I know. Who I mean, was strange? Now, I was pretty, I was, I was so pissed that my cousin actually got in touch on Saturday. We were talking about how emotional the toy show was and all that. And then she pointed out, which I hadn't realized, that Jackie was blind and Saoirse had cancer. And both those things had gone completely over my head. I was like, how pissed was I? I, Did you, I I didn't cop that at all. Look, it's fine. Just, you had a few drinks. I'm sure you're not the only one in the country that missed some crucial details. I know, but fairly crucial. And I also I also spilled the beans on the infamous comedian who does annoy me. Now, I did say, I did qualify it with, look, there's nothing wrong with this person. It's just a straight up personality clash. But anyway, the secret is out there. I live in such fear of screenshots. Can we just agree, actually, in the up to 90 WhatsApp group, we probably should have said this from the start, it is a screenshot-free zone. Yeah. That is the law. It is the law, yeah, no screenshots. I'll be grand, Judy, be grand. Be grand. Come here. Um, Did you see our old friend Katie was in trouble again? <laughs> in trouble again. We should, will we just change this to the Katie Price podcast? I think so. Well, yeah, she was uh, getting a bit of shtick for um, a princess got her makeup done. Yeah. Um, and like professionally done, like full face or whatever. And princess is, is she 13? Is that right? 13, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, Louise shared it into the group there saying, yeah, she's 13, blah, blah, blah. And... um. I don't see a problem with it. Like I, if like if you want, if you're the kind of young teenager person who is in to makeup and hair and whatever, like that's the way it's gonna be. Some people aren't I mean, into I it at all. Yeah, I see nothing wrong. It's basically like a bit of dress up, really. Is all that it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's going into school with the full face of makeup or whatever. I don't think she's getting up, you know, two hours early every day to make sure she does her full face of makeup. But like, 
I certainly, well, I don't think my mom was paying for like a makeup artist to come to the gaff, but I was certainly into makeup and all that. My parents didn't um, discourage me like a couple of times I used to do, I used to pencil in my eyebrows. So I had the, like the real skinny, skinny eyebrows and I was delighted with that. My mom actually couldn't say anything. We all had the pan stick as well. That was my go-to. Yeah, so I'd done the eyebrows and like I used to get compliments on the eyebrows and my mom couldn't say anything because her eyebrows were exactly the same. She tweezed her eyebrows when she was younger. So I used to like line them with a dark pencil, but like basically I just used to get a pencil and just draw the line. Like I never, the, the pencil was never lifted up at all. It was just like, and I remember one day my mom said to me, like well like maybe you could like you know like tone them down or whatever I was like oh please what the fuck would you know so I cracked on with them for a while I got highlights and all that I think I went into Peter Mark to get highlights when I was fucking 14 or something oh yeah well there was I think you see I think they only started caring about um burning people's scalps off I'm talking about hairdressers hairdressers in general now not just Peter Mark they only really cared about the scalp problems when people started watching things like Judge Judy and the penny dropped away in a minute. I can actually get a bit of compo for this. Ah, yeah. And I do feel bad for hairdressers at the time as well. And probably even now, you know, they do have to temper expectations quite a bit. Like I definitely on more than one occasion went into hairdresser clutching I don't know, like a picture of Monica from Friends. And I was like, please, could you change my jawline? And, you know, my history with hairdressers has been checkered. Like, we all know the story about how I rocked up to Tony and Guy in Sydney. Don't know if I mentioned the last 10 minutes, but I was actually in Australia. And I said I was going to go black. Now, this is obviously with ginger hair. You can imagine as well, like, I'm sweating profusely. It's in the height of Australian summer. And I said, I just want to go black. And uh, they put the black dye, hair dye in. And I, there were a few signposts that this was not just a casual fly-by-night decision with no consequences because so many people kept stopping saying, I just want to say you're so brave, like, you know, fair play, honestly. So then it materialized. It was actually permanent black hair dye. So I then had the ginger hair eyebrows black hair dye so it was a bit of a reverse Shannon from home and away situation you know it was just it was it was pretty extreme to be honest and then of course it was the whole thing of anytime you did go to the hairdressers you basically had to give your PPS number your full medical history uh, just in order to get an out wash in wash out dye so I can remember going to very fancy hairdressers in Dawson Street and swearing blind that I'd never used a home dye, despite the fact that there was literally black stroke purple hair dye dripping onto my and onto my feel top as I said this. So all evidence pointing to the contrary. So you know it's not it's not an easy job for sure. And, you know, then you have all the hair, of course, you have all the hairdresser chair confessions, like I'm just getting my hair done because I'm going to meet this lad that I'm cheating on my, you know, I'm, I'm cheating on my fella and go meeting this lad now this evening. So I just said I get a blow dry. Like you just you get it all as a hairdresser. It really is like the shrinks chair. 
I was asking Fred, did he have funny hairdresser stories as well? And he was talking about when he was a teenager and he went and was having great chats with the hairdresser. They were getting on like a house on fire. And then she put the black cape on him and he started twiddling his thumbs under the cape. But then he became conscious of what that might look like to the hairdresser. So she stopped talking because she knew he was embarrassed and she was kind of embarrassed because he was embarrassed and ultimately he could never go back to that hairdresser again. I never thought of that. You really have to be very careful what you're doing under that cape because he could definitely be giving the wrong impression for sure. He did have another one as well of going to um, an old Turkish barber's in town last summer. I can remember this and he went for a haircut and I was like, you know what? Don't bother with the haircut. Why don't you just spray your head? And he was like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Um, now, he did say he wasn't fully convinced, but your man basically had the spray can in his hand as he went to spray Fred's little patch and his little baldy patch, which P.S. is, if you have watched our Mr. and Mrs. Quiz on the Patreon, it's my favourite bit of him. And your man anyway started spraying him. I would say it was a similar effect because it's kind of a fibre spray. So it's probably similar to what you'd put on a Christmas tree, the old snow spray back in the day. And... Then he went off to meet his mate and they went to Dakota, which I take such issue with because honestly, Dakota for me, it, I could be anywhere. It's just girls in peplum skirts and guys in the in the suits with the tie loosened. It's just, it's such an anonymous bar. I know a lot of people love it and, you know, we don't want to be burning brands here, but probably not for me. But anyway, he went off to Dakota probably because he knew he wasn't going to bump into me there because I keep always banging on about how um, it's not for me. So that was probably the reason they chose Dakota. Went there with his mate and had a bit of a bop, bit of a dance. And obviously, you know, it goes out saying this is summer's um, evening. So it ended up just melting all the way down his face. So instead of getting a haircut, he returned home with just dye dripping down his face. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think I think it's pretty hard to be assertive at the best of times in a, hair, in a hairdresser. So I probably shouldn't be talking here because we all had money because we all had the jobs. So we were like, we're going to pay. We're going to pay a stranger to fix us. And as I said, I mean, it was only in recent years people were like, wait a minute. Actually, I can get a bit of compo for the whole scalp burn situation. Oh yeah, we that's it. Like we all had money, we all had the jobs. I'd go into town and I'd hit Barrett's and I'd get myself a pair of boots like with a four inch heel on them. And I'd wear them I'd wear those boots like all day. And it's not like I was driving, like I was just fucking walking around the place knocking into mates and stuff. I head up I used to head up to the square. I think it's still there. There's a beautician's outside. Um where the playground is, if anyone knows that area. I used to go in there then and I used to get my uh, gel um, French manicure done. Oh, like, nice. just fucking loads of money, doing but loads of shit to myself. Yeah, but you had so much disposable income then because my mother always likes to throw out there and I think we, we did reference the failed mortgages but um, very recently myself and Emma, can I have a mortgage? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will happen one day. But mom always says, how do you never have money? You've been working since you were 14. And there is a bit of truth in that. I just think we spent all our disposable income on pan stick. 
Yeah. And, you know, the L3 button, the three, the button up three stripe Adidas pants. Like, I, I don't think I ever had as much disposable income as I did when I was 15, 16. Yeah, I I was. No overheads. We had zero yeah. overheads. But I did. I was I think I was like doing a fair bit of babysitting and that was 50 quid a night. And then I was working in a shop as well. And then, sure, when I got the job in the pub, it was happy days because everyone was tipping you two euro every time you ordered drinks off them. Nice, so of course. You yeah. were you were usually making on a Friday night. It wasn't unusual to make a hundred euro purely in tips. Like you'd work yeah, your arse off now, but like that's what you would make. But then I I actually did start. The shop that I worked at had a post office beside it. So I actually used to go into the post office before I go to work and put a few quid in there. But all I do is just go into town on a big spree. Like You are such a little squirrel. It's no wonder you have a squirrel tattooed to your body. Uh, uh, only, only you would be saving away back in the day. Sure, I was a devil. I'd be heading off. And like invariably would, you know, be rocking up to the body shop and, you know, buying, I don't know how many body butters, like, even though I was 14 or 15 and nobody was caressing my body but myself, I was buying a fucking body butter every week. What are, like, what are we doing? Yeah, oh, yeah. So look, look, princess, I, like they're in fucking lockdown anyway, there's not much going on, is she? If her mom's getting her makeup done, like, yeah, why not let her get hers done as well? Well, I think, well, I think, I think the problem some people had with it wasn't so much the makeup, but the filter used. I mean, again, that could have been coming from Princess. I suppose what people were saying, which I don't really think is what happened, but they were like, oh, you know, what kind of message are you sending your child if you're saying, well, we have to put a filter on you? But I mean, what probably happened there was Princess was playing around with filters and was like, that's a nice one. Let's whack that up. Yeah, but sure, like, Katie knows if she's going to whack up that picture, she's going to get flack from certain people. That's just, that's just, be, that's just Katie being Katie. Well, actually, do you know what? It, it, speaking of 13-year-olds wearing makeup, it kind of lends itself to, and I know, like, it's old news now, but you know, last week there was that big fiasco with the leggings in Carlo. Oh, yeah. And the principal coming out saying, oh you know that that the that the leggings were distracting and then somewhere along the way people said that there was a reference made specifically to male members of staff so then that kind of translated on twitter as male members of staff have said they're distracted by the leggings which i'm not quite sure was i i'm not quite sure that did that happen i do think somewhere along the way there was a reference made to male members of staff but yeah. I, I don't know was it necessarily in the context that it was I suppose it was kind of made out to be on Twitter. But I guess it comes back to, like, say, makeup. I know this is a different thing, but what would, where would you stand now, say you were a teacher, on makeup in school? Do you think, like, the girls should just be allowed to do whatever they want? Or would you say they can wear makeup as long as it's natural? If them... you were a teacher now, what, like, what would your thinking be? I just let them do whatever the fuck they want because it's got nothing... It's nothing got to do with their education or, you know, how well they're absorbing the lesson in class or whatever. Like, I just, 
I just wouldn't bother me whole well, getting I involved think, in that. Think, well, my thinking is on the makeup is that I think with the makeup, um, like when we were younger now, there were no YouTube tutorials. So if you did not have a big sister who happened to be into makeup, you were fucked, basically. So there was no such thing as blending. Like yeah. blending was not invented until, you know, maybe the turn of the millennium. So I think ne- before it was a lot more obvious when people were wearing makeup. But now when you say you can wear makeup as long as it's natural, I think that's kind of a slippery soap. I wouldn't feel the need to kind of enforce any rule when it came to the makeup because I think, I mean, imagine if you went into work. No, I know it's slightly different, but imagine if you or I went into work and somebody handed you a baby wipe and said, take off your makeup. I just think it's fucking stupid. Just leave them do. It's got nothing got to do with anything. But I do believe in a uniform. Um, Well, if if the school has a uniform, wear the fucking uniform. But there should definitely, yeah. like, the fact that there's so many schools that don't have a trouser option is just oh, well, fucking ridiculous. Is, yeah. No, I mean, in this day and age, it's outrageous. And I think you're really, it is about picking your battles. So invariably, you're going to be on the wrong foot with the student population if you're saying, well, you know, 50% of you have to wear skirts. Like, I'm sorry, but the time, you know, the times have changed. No more than this school telling the girls they can't wear leggings like if you go to the gym as a woman you're not throwing on your baggy O'Neill's pants to go to the gym you're wearing your leggings the only teachers that start talking about fucking makeup and jewelry or whatever the fuck it is are the teachers that when they start giving out to somebody and somebody actually responds and makes a fair point like that actually wasn't me miss whatever and they're actually in the right and they've nowhere to go they'll just go mm, well, what's with all the fucking makeup ah yeah like the, the, I do think the teachers who now I really believe in a uniform but like everything else in my life um I rely on other people to enforce that belief so I do believe in the uniform but some teachers definitely take it too far like you'll be passing a teacher speaking to a student or roaring at a student in a corridor now they're very rare they're a rare breed this teacher but you can just see that, you know, Deirdre Barlow vein pulsating in the neck. And you think, really, you know, really, Hannah, is this really about the uniform or is it about the man in your life who's not texting you back? Like, it, it, there is definitely an element of projection for sure. And the uniforms are funny. Like, I was saying this last week on our old friend of the podcast, Des, Des Bishop's podcast, you know, having taught kind of all around the country, you go to Cork. Well, at least when I was in Cork, the school skirts were... I mean, I've never seen anything shorter in my whole life. It was a real baptism of fire when I started teaching in Cork. Um, so you went from like the mini skirts of Cork, then I went to Limerick, where the, I mean, as I said on Des's podcast, I honestly think a Saudi Arabian prince would be like, yeah, I mean, these skirts are a little conservative, even by my standards, because they were just down to the ground. It was a complete Handmaid's Tale situation. Um, but no, I think ultimately uniform is a good thing. But as you say, Emma, like there is definitely more important shit to to worry about for sure. As you know, we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, and there are loads of deadly podcasts on that network for you guys to tune into. And this is one that we think you might like if you want to check it out this week. 
The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode, we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Now, very quickly, our favourite part of the show where we give a shout out to a few pa- patrons. Now, we have quite a few. So can I just ream off maybe 10 of them here, Emma? Yes, I think you should. We've got Laura, Alex, Laurie, Marie, April, Alva, Sinead, Sarah, Stroke, Sarah, Claire, Dennis, Broca. We have um, Z. Oh, that's an interesting one. Eve, we've got April and we've got M. I'm presuming short for Emma, but I don't want to make that presumption. Um, hmm. Pia. And we've got Leah, who I'm fairly sure is a former student of mine. There is something about your former students financially supporting you. I don't know whether to find this heartening or incredibly demoralizing. How do you have the disposable income? You're only 25. It's a circle of life. Big love. It'll be funny now if this isn't Leah, my former student. But yeah. Yeah. This is big love. This, that, that does remind me of, do you remember the last time I had a full-time teaching job? And I was supporting Tommy in Vicker Street and Vicker Street and a load of my six years came to see me. Ah, the good old oh, days. Well, oh, do you remember gigs? Do you remember the memo? And can I just say before we wrap it up as well, Christmas FM, cut the shit, cut the shit. Just keep playing Mariah Carey on repeat. We don't need any of the picture this is Christmas. No. I don't want any picture of this. I just want Mariah Carey on repeat. So please just cut the shit on that one. And I think I speak for the country when I say that. Wow. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting oh. that. And we're doing um, an extra episode. This We're going to record on Thursday. So patrons, get in touch if there's anything you'd like to get to the bottom of. Any of our secrets? Anything you want to yeah. know? Well, I maybe you have a few secrets. I have nothing left. I just give it for give it out for free. You do really. I think a few secrets. Ah, yeah. Look, there's all there's always an extra layer of Julie J. So look, we will if you if you if you're interested in any facet of our lives, um, please get in touch because it is a safe space for us to divulge everything on the L Patron. And as I said, just throwing it out there, no screenshots, please, of the other night. We'd all had a few. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I've been Queenie Jay. I've been Emma Dorn. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.